Highly Enthused, a shortcut to things worth consuming, presented by two women named Sophie who spend too long on the internet. I'm Sophie Roberts. And I'm Sophie McComas. Highly Enthused is back. We're back, we're back. It was a long break. Summer is over now. It is over. It's done. And autumn is nearly over too. (laughs) (laughs) Autumn, whatever. We don't need autumn. We're just going straight into winter together. How have you been? Pretty good. Pretty, um... (laughs) Pretty crazy new time in my life, but going well. Yeah. Um, what about you, my friend? Oh, you know, got dumped, went to karaoke for the first time in a year. So it's really been ups and downs. <laughs> High highs, low lows. Did you go um, karaoke before or after the dumping? Got dumped, went out for Chinese New Year dinner, went to karaoke till 3am. It was quite a good sequence, actually. Very cathartic. Did a yeah, couple of like power that's, ballads. It's a good method to, like, exercising the annoyance of getting dumped. Yeah, and I don't want to rub this in for everyone for whom karaoke is still not back, but I'm just letting you know it's still as good as you remember, and it will happen again. But, yeah, it's kind of enjoying – there's a very wild vibe in Sydney at the moment, it's taken. I think it's the annual, the year post lockdown. Like mm-hmm. summer was not like this. I feel like summer was a bit dicey, but there is a season of horny chaos. There's no <laughs> other way to describe it. I feel like you go out in the city on a Saturday night, and there is a very intense vibe every time that like strangers at bars making eye contact with you and then saying hello which never happened in Sydney in the before times like no one in Sydney would say hello to you it was a very weird thing people are like throwing singles parties there's just general chaotic looseness like everyone's like you want another drink yeah I'll have another drink you have another bottle you go to another venue you go out dancing I just it's a mess I have no idea what's going on half the time I mean even the apps feel less shit, and I hate the apps. Truly hate them. Um, and I'm I might take like, fuck it. We might as well. Seriously, like normally back in January 2020, when I was last on them, you would chat with someone for ages. It would never go anywhere. It would just be back and forth bullshit, and like you just give up and want to cry. I have had so many random chats escalate within like five minutes of chatting to should we get a drink? It's just. Everyone is grabbing life by the something. I don't know. It's well, just been... realized like how bad it is, like how good we actually had it. And so mm-hmm. maybe they're like, actually, life was pretty good. I'm going to take advantage of all these awesome <laughs> things. I'm not taking everything for granted from now on. Exactly. Hey, pretty girl on the app. Hey, bar that is comfortable to sit in with nice beverages. I'm going to combine these two things and not be a dick and stay at home. I mean, look, I may take this back next week. Who knows? This may be a blip in the radar, but I am leaning into the energy. Um, I also... <laughs> So I have to do a shout out. This is sort of embarrassing, but I have to say a big thank you to one of our listeners, Lauren, who happened to be sitting next to me at a wine bar last week when I was on a date. And as my date got up to pay, she leant over to politely interrupt and casually say that she was a huge fan of my podcast, which was the coolest I will ever look. (laughs) I have literally could not have orchestrated it better. It was beautiful. I think I thanked her. I was like, I'm on a date. Thank you so much. This is the best thing that's ever happened to me. So I just want to thank her. I appreciate her service in the project of me getting laid. It's just, it was beautiful. We have the best listeners in the world and I'm grateful (laughs) for them every day. (laughs) 
How did the date react? Because he's just like nodding slowly, like with his eyes a little bit closed, like in like mild approval. Uh, well, he was not as confused as I expected and then confessed afterwards that he had Googled me, found my Instagram and listened to the podcast. Uh, if he's listening right now, hello. <laughs> um, I'm on a rampage, so if there's no other way to put it, how are you? Let's talk about your life. Because <laughs> I can't and I'm glad that one of us is rampaging. I'm here um, for you. I'm rampaging through nappies. (laughs) I am having lots of fun being a mom and on maternity leave these last few months. Every time I say mom, I just have to be like, mom, like in a US accent, because it all feels so foreign. (laughs) But yeah, I feel like if you thought you spent a lot of time at home last year, have a kid, guys. Have a kid. (laughs) And you will spend, if not more, time. But that's okay. I, I like my house. I love my baby. And we just go from the couch to the floor, to the bed, to the bath, and around again. <laughs> Honestly, some of my favorite places. <laughs> True. Yeah, it's been, it's been a wild adventure, to be honest. It's, I, I think I, I described the feeling of those first two weeks coming home with a new baby as being like a bit like culture shock like Mm. when you step off a plane into a new country with your partner and you're so excited but you don't really know what you're doing yet you have to like do all the research like really quickly when you step off the plane everything smells a bit different and like you just want to like take it all in as quick as you can and you're really tired because you go too hard way too early Overcommit, and then you need a nap and it's always really exciting and new and there's this crazy adrenaline um it felt like a holiday like it felt like this wild holiday that we're on together and I think because you know we're both at this level playing field of like neither of us has done this before we were really doing um and so that was really fun just discovering discovering little Nettie together and yeah just going with the flow and you know settled into it now it's definitely a little bit more fatigue (laughs) 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 but yeah no one tells you newborns they just sleep all the time and then they stop knowing how um, yeah this time but flip side I found an extremely good concealer uh, oh this is good under eye droops and I'm pretty excited to share that actually (laughs) (laughs) but that actually brings us to our next point Soro yes so we haven't just been sitting on our laurels swiping through the apps and hanging out with a baby over the last few months I mean we've been doing a lot of that let's not lie Um, but we are actually looking at launching even more under the highly enthused parasol so it's we've realized season five now which is wild and it has been really fun to sort of watch this grow and we want to keep doing it um so we've decided if you follow us on instagram you might already know where this is going but we decided to launch an extra monthly newsletter so it's going to be filled with recommendations on a specific theme we're going to answer listener questions in there there might be some video content if you've got specific recommendations that you're looking for you know reach out there might even be some little cheeky extra audio snippets or bonus content it's going to be really great we're figuring it all out. We're not getting rid of our fortnightly newsletter. That's going to keep happening with all the links we mentioned in the podcast. This bonus newsletter is actually going to be for subscribers only, and it'll cost you the price of a coffee, a fancy coffee, an oat milk flat white 
in New York. Actually, even just an oat milk flat white in Sydney, frankly, because the prices have gone up this year. $5 a month, which we hope you will agree is a total bargain and worth the expense. Yeah, we're really excited. We feel like we just want to make more stuff for you guys. Excited to have the resources to do that. And for our first bonus newsletter, which is coming in May, I'm going to give you all the baby stuff that you want. The good shit. I feel like I'm like a few months in now and like, you know, tried and tested a few things, found some amazing brands, found some, you know, packed some things in my hospital bag. I probably didn't need to pack in there. (laughs) (laughs) I think one of my friends packed fairy lights, so I think you're fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I found some amazing prints and found some like, you know, non-cartoony stuff. I found just some things that are nice to look at, you know, when you you don't look too much further than you own four walls every every so often these days. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to write down everything I know so far. It's absolutely not an exhaustive guide, but it is a lot of cool stuff. I know a lot of you are potentially in this space at the moment as well. And so yes, all my friends, all of them. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to all of our friends. So yeah, if you would like to get the lowdown on that, I don't want to fill this podcast with all of baby stuff. So subscribe at highlyenthused.substack.com and tell your friends. Tell all of them. It will. The first one is going to drop in May, which sounds far away, but is in two weeks time. So very soon you want this concealer recommendation because i was one of those people that was arrogant and thought i won't get dark circles like that's not a thing that i have (laughs) (laughs) turns out just don't sleep for four months Uh, i love your optimism love your optimism (laughs) so deep so deep and dark (laughs) so that's gonna be in there so sign up guys it's good it's good all right okay it's time to kick off season five what have you been eating so oh so excited about this recommendation you remember Moon Park, that actually perfect restaurant in Redfern circa 2014? I do. So, amazing restaurant. One of the chefs there, Yun Hee An, was, uh, she was co-chef there with her partner, Ben Sears. Really made a name for herself there. Incredible Korean cook. She also worked at Paper Bird, which was a kind of more grown-up version of Moon Park in Potts Point a few mm-hmm. years ago where Ben um, cooked as well. Anyway, fast forward a few years, neither of those restaurants are still open, but that's okay. Yun isn't cooking in a, you know, in a restaurant kitchen anymore. She's cooking at home and she's launched Moon Mart. So this is kind of similar to Jamoto Foods, which I like banged on about last season, which was that small online store of Japanese condiments that yes. Chocho-san's chef Max Smith had started. I was That miso hot sauce. Yes. yes. So good. So Yuna started a kind of Korean version of this. She's selling kimchi. She's selling this really brilliant burnt honey teriyaki sauce, Yum. which is so good on steak. But the best thing in the shop is this Chongqing popcorn. Interesting. It's Korean. It's, I don't know if I've spoken about how into popcorn I am, but very into it. I feel like you've mentioned it very briefly in passing, but I'm willing to spend more time focusing in on this. Why is this so delicious? So Yun's Chongqing popcorn is, and I'm sorry about my pronunciation if that's not right. It's based on the Chinese Szechuan dish Chongqing chicken. It's that one that you see that's just like a whole bunch of chilies and a little bit of chicken. <laughs> and you're like, yep. Why would anyone order that? But it is really delicious. The chilies are all crisp and deep fried. So good. There's boiled peanuts in there, a little bit of sugar, crispy and so delicious. So this popcorn's based on that. It's kind of like spicy and peanutty and salty sweet caramel corn. So it's like the spiciness and the saltiness and the umaminess of it and the peanut 
still in their in their skins is mm. so good. And there's little textural of deep fried chili. Honestly, I got two bags and I ate the first bag so fast that I had to put the other bag like at the back, back, back of my country <laughs> so I wouldn't open it and eat it like within the one sitting. It was so good. But kimchi is also really wonderful. It's kind of delicate if you can describe kimchi kimchi as being delicate, which is not how you would not usually describe. Yes. <laughs> so when it's a punch to it, it's just really good. And everything she makes is awesome. And you can fill your pantry with amazing Korean condiments and, you know, just make it a flavor party every time you open, open your pantry. Look, you've seen my fridge. You know how I feel about condiments. So I'm definitely going to be buying things from here. So check out moonmart.com.au and let me know what you think of that popcorn because it's very good. Great. Okay, what about you? What have you been eating? So... Look, I reached a point in the last couple of months where I just decided I hate cooking. I hate it. I'm bored of it. I hate all my cookbooks. I think I texted you being like, what cookbook should I buy? I have, I need inspiration. Like I just hit a wall. I literally ate a bowl of shredded cabbage and sliced cucumbers one night and just called it dinner. I was like, done. That's, that's all I have. That's all I can do today. <laughs> so wow, that's like five calories. <laughs> look, I dressed it in the fancy vinegar and some salt. There was, you know, there was some <laughs> elements in there, but it was it was a sad night. It was a very dispiriting evening. I just had nothing else. I just couldn't. I didn't want to order Uber Eats. I just didn't want to need food. It was just too much of a burden. So the only way I've been able to hack together some kind of approaching reasonable grown-up diet is that instead of like planning meals and making actual recipes I'm just like batch cooking components of things and just keeping a melange of shit in my fridge along with like 50 condiments and just riffing on that and combining things so the things I've been doing is like batch cooking lentils of course because I love I love a fucking legume Um, (laughs) or cooking up some soba noodles or I'll roast a vegetable or I'll buy a smoked trout and like flake it all into a container so I can just like mix and match things but the best thing I have done in this kind of spirit of incredibly lazy please someone someone cook for me I don't want to do it anymore is taking just a pile of tomatoes they're sort of the last of the tomatoes are still floating around in Sydney at the moment but if you're in the northern hemisphere you know it's just kicking off and you slow roast them in a fuck ton of olive oil you are essentially poaching them in olive oil I'm pretty sure I got this idea originally from the Alison Roman newsletter but it's just basically a template that you can riff on so heaps of olive oil you throw in some salt and then you can pretty much put in any flavoring that you want I really like chili flakes fennel seeds garlic cloves an anchovy or two even some of the oil from the anchovy jar if you've got a jar of them But you can throw whatever you want in. You can throw thyme in, rosemary, spring onions, literally whatever. There are no rules anymore. Do what you want. (laughs) I (laughs) – it's real real nihilist over here. It really is chaos. (laughs) (laughs) It's – it's a new a new era for me I just put it in like a baking dish I, you want it to fit pretty snugly like you don't want there to be a lot of room you want it kind of really packed in there so I just put them into a baking dish or if I'm you know I've got heaps to do I'll do a Dutch oven and then you put it in the oven at about 150 degrees Celsius and you just let it go until the tomatoes are burnished and slumped maybe 25 or 30 minutes it's maybe longer you just like Roast them till you can smell them and they look really delicious. It's like that TikTok video of that feta, like the feta in the middle of all the tomatoes that everyone... Have you seen? Yeah, 
Yeah, I have. I don't go on TikTok, but people go forth and find things and send them back to me. That looks shit. I'm not going to lie. Feta is bad with pasta. It's just not for, It's not a cheese I want with my pasta. This is just the tomatoes get really gooey. You can use any kind of tomatoes. Like I get cherry tomatoes, but if you've got like kind of on the verge of turning heirlooms or just big larger tomatoes, romas, whatever, you can just chop them up and just cut off yeah. the bad bits. Would you call um, this jammy? Not? not quite to jammy. You want to pull it back just before them. You want them to kind of stay in pieces, like kind of whole, but you can store them in a jar or a container in their oil for like honestly a while I think like they can only say like oh like two weeks but if it's like covered with oil they'll last a while but you can eat them with I usually eat them within the week and I like throw them on toast with ricotta or avocado put them in sandwiches like I said mix a bunch of random crap in my fridge together and call it a salad use it for a pasta sauce and the best is you can use the juicy oil to make a really good vinaigrette for salads like or put an escar, that'd be young. Yep, yep. Or you can just like take all the tomatoes out, use them up, and then keep the oil and then pour the oil from your last batch into the pan for your next batch to create like tomato inception. It's great. Ultimate. Ultimate. Device. It's like tomato to the power of 10. Look, it's just, <laughs> it's just, it's lazy, but it's fancy lazy, which is really my entire brand. So. That should be the highly enthused cookbook title, Fancy Lazy. <laughs> yes. Is it fancy? Fancy Lazy. High-end slobs. That's what we are. So, yeah. So, that is that is a it's, – it's a recipe and also just like a philosophy. If you're out there and you hate cooking and it used to be a thing that brought you joy, may I recommend roasting some tomatoes and calling it a day? It's, that's all we have to do. Just do one thing, one hard Got thing, it. and then put it on toast and just call it a meal. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do Great. it. Great. Okay, so (laughs) enough talking about my nihilist urges and existential angst. What have you been reading, watching, or listening? Well, I've been listening to a fuckload of Audible because I ain't got time to sit and read a book. I'm around the neighborhood. (laughs) You are making a baby nap in a pram. Yep, making a baby nap or like driving long distances and um audible has been the best thing ever i have smashed like 10 books this year already no okay not 10 i've done maybe (laughs) five which i think is pretty good that's amazing and people say that listening to books isn't really reading but i don't agree no actually studies show that when you're fully absorbed in an audiobook the same part of your brain lights up as when you're reading a book so it is the same and i actually feel like i retain a lot more from the book when i'm listening to it I'm sure you Probably do. Because I don't know why, but I'm just like focused on it. Or maybe this has <laughs> just been really good. Like these two by Curtis Sittenfeld. So I discovered Curtis Sittenfeld this year and her debut novel prep was the one I started with, which is freaking amazing. It's this really minutely observed tale of a co-ed boarding school adolescence experience, which was very close to my own boarding school co-ed experience (laughs) in all it's like weird anxieties about like living in close proximity with you know your peers and best friends and boys and everything and all these little weird insights into boarding life that I was just like oh this is this is really how it is yeah it was kind of creepy but that was awesome and I'm also halfway through American Wife have oh my you god read it's, that? yes I have I've read them both American Wife is so good so good I don't know if you agree but I just find that Curtis really like the observations about people that she makes 
in her mm. novels is so to the point and like so detailed and vivid it's almost like people watching like you're mm. noticing these tiny things about people or overhearing a conversation that someone's having we can hear the entire thing you know completely clearly it's just so deep it takes you really really deep into their character like you're in their mind you're hearing everything that they're thinking every movement that they're making i feel like some people might think that's annoying but i just find it addictive like you just get so immersed into these people and their lives that you can you know almost predict what they're going to do next and how they feel and how they think and yeah it's awesome She's brilliant. I think American Wife is one of the best examples of a unreliable narrator because at no point do you distrust the narrator, but mm. then you realize later like how close the how closely held you are to that narrator that you're only seeing their perspective and like you mm. fully believe it and you're immersed and like you said she's so great at capturing being inside someone's head but then later on and you might get this but the way I felt is after I'd finished it and I'd just been obsessed with this journey and this story I kind of like reflected on it because for those who don't know it's like a imagining of Laura Bush George W Bush's wife's um life like a reimagining of her life and so you kind of like go along with it and you're really sucked in and then later you're like hang on a second I don't know if I fully agree with your position on some of those things so it's shadowing that she does is so mm. smart like she's like you know we had this conversation and then I didn't speak to her again for 30 years and you're like what why like you're like oh god something's coming something big is coming but I don't know what it is and she just like drops these little crumbs of Mm. oh her life is about to get wild um yeah and so that just keeps you hooked and keeps you reading and page turning page turning I mean it's a big they're both big novels like on (laughs) when I look at the audible um length of the audio it's like you know 17 hours or something oh my god but then I do that not so slowly so that's okay um but yeah I really recommend getting into some Curtis Sittenfeld if you're after some juicy books and I I recommend the audible Um, yeah so I read prep and American wife and yeah amazing really good what about you well mine is also a listen but it is a podcast not books this podcast, this might be the perfect podcast. No offense to our own podcast, which is excellent. Um, this is <laughs> this is Sentimental in the City, which is a limited series podcast. Basically, it's the host of Sentimental Garbage, Caroline O'Donoghue, which is a podcast we've talked about previously a couple of times, actually, because it's brilliant and you should dive into the archives if you haven't already. But she teams up with her friend Dolly Alderton Um, of the high-low fame and many other things fame, Um, and they've done an eight-part deep dive series into sex in the city. There is one episode for each season and one for each movie, though they luckily do not spend that long on the second movie. Um, And my favourite is the entire premise is they're examining each season as the great American novel that they are, which is just so great and so delightful. They are like the first episode is about an hour long, which seems like a reasonable length of time for a podcast. And then they just keep getting longer and longer. Like it is almost comical. I think the longest is two and a half hours long. 
Yeah, I wanted more. I was like, I wanted more. Listen to five hours of this. I have listened to each of them twice. I have listened to each of them twice because I was listening to them as they were being released, and I'd get halfway through the week and I'd be like, I can't wait. I'm just going to re-listen to the one I've already listened to because Did you rewatch this series. Yes. Alongside this. Well, I had already started rewatching it, so it was just it was just perfectly timed because I'd all I was like halfway through season three, and then the episodes. I was like, this is amazing. It's just they are so fucking funny. Like the two of them have this amazing rapport they are really clever they get really emotional they cry all the time and they just like really commit to their love of sex in the city like their tagline is so hard and they're like their tagline is is like we don't know the most about sex in the city we feel the most about (laughs) sex in the city which just is so cheesy and i love it my favorite things they do is like they obsess over themes like my favorite theme is miranda and the natural world <laughs> just like a, a motif they come back to many times, which my inner four unit English uh, student from 2005 like really thro- froths on. And like they really, to be honest, there's actually some very clever textual analysis about character arcs. And like, I don't think it's dumb at all. I think it's very, very clever. And they build like this kind of, as you go through the series, they kind of build an entire vocabulary for talking about and analyzing the show. Like, They've introduced me to the concept of someone who loves the sesh, which is how I want to assess all people I meet from now on. Um, and then like they all getting on the piss, just like up for anything, which I, I, I don't know if anyone's sensing a theme in my life right now, but um, it really fits in <laughs> with my general vibe. And I also really love this idea of the fire pit, the Provencal fire pit, (laughs) which is is exactly right. Like the premise of like, we look forward to our lives when we're in our 40s and we've gone on a a trip together to Provence and Carolyn's in a long-term relationship. So she imagines if he's out by the fire pit, like if Dolly's dating some new man, like what would they talk about around the fire pit in 20 years time? Like, would this work? And I just, I don't know. It's just such a beautiful sort of owed to their friendship and they're obviously in London so it's like a shit time over there with lockdown and it's only just ending and it just feels like you're sitting around the pub with some of your funniest friends four drinks in getting really passionate about Miranda and Steve's relationship and whether or not like Harry is better than Aiden it's look it's one of my most embarrassing convictions that I feel that if I met Dolly Alderton in real life we'd be really good friends um and this <laughs> podcast just really intensifies those feelings for me Dolly, so everyone feels like that about Dolly they're like I, just, I know we would be best friends but I She's really so- think it's true about me Sophie <laughs> just specific I do love the sesh I love the sesh. I'd love a Provencal fire pit. I just think it would be great. It is so amazing. I completely agree. I like gobbled that podcast up. I lived for it every week. I watched the show before I would listen to it, like religiously. Yep. Bawled my eyes out in the final episode. Yep. Um, they're just so funny how they oscillate between like completely silly and ridiculous to really in-depth analysis. <laughs> Yeah, like would feel at home in any you know university tutor class. Like Mm -hmm. they're really funny. I loved it. So smart. Great sex talk. They cry. It's just wonderful. I mean, this is also a sly way of me getting to recommend that you rewatch Sex and the City, even though it's over twenty years old, not in the zeitgeist, and kind of out of touch, but still a great show. And the clothes are fucking great. (laughs) 
<laughs> so yeah, so that is sentimental in the city. I think you need to find the sentimental garbage podcast on iTunes to find it. And then it's the last eight episodes of that. Honestly, it might become an annual re-listen for me. It's truly a classic, an instant classic. Cannot recommend that you get on board enough, really. Okay, so so we've done read, watch, listen. What's next? It is buy or do. What have you bought or done? Well, I am very bashful about this recommendation because <laughs> not only am I really proud of myself because I finally put our wedding photos in an album. Amazing. Which I've literally been putting off for two and a half years now, much to my mother's annoyance. She actually just went off and made of her own um, because I didn't make one fast enough. I still haven't done it and I probably never will, frankly. It's just not going to happen. It's such a freaking chore and so annoying. Like, it's so hard. <laughs> I, was, I tried to start the process so many times. Like, I don't want to do an Apple one because they just look shit. I trialed a few apps and they were just so fiddly and, you know, I'm not a designer. I just want it to be super drop and drag. Like, that's all I want. And I finally found a really good website to do it on and it's called Papier. So P-A-P-I-E-R. It's actually a UK company. They make a whole bunch of stationery and, you know, you know, notebooks and things like that but they make photo books and oh my god it was so easy it took me less than an hour which made me oh my god. so embarrassed for not doing it <laughs> I mean I'd already That's... had the photos like organized but um, that is the yeah. right amount of time for this kind of activity no longer yeah. it should not take longer than that like and then it was done and I was like oh my god it's done I can't believe it when you tick off one of those like massive things that you've had yep. for so long that like weighs in the back of your mind done. yep and then they arrived and they look so good and I ordered two copies I ordered one for Scott's family and one for us it has on the front like Scott and Sophie and the wedding date in like massive white text over a really beautiful photo of us like wings yeah. on the cliff top yeah beautiful I, I know the picture a, yeah <laughs> I sent a photo to my family and to Scott's family I was like look they arrived and I sent one down to them and my sister-in-law just wrote back and was like, um, don't mean the 15th of December, not the 8th. And I was like, oh my God, put the wrong date on the front of this book in massive, massive text. I was so embarrassed. Like, I just uh... I don't know how I did that. Babe, you haven't slept in four months. You just haven't slept in four months. It was so funny because I remember thinking, I was like, imagine if I got this wrong, like as I was typing it in. And I actually checked. I was like, what was the year? I think I forgot the year wrong. Let me go back and check the year. I was like, no, no, it was 2018. It's fine. And then (laughs) I didn't even notice. I was like so embarrassed and my gorgeous mother-in-law was like, don't worry. I I didn't even notice. I'm like, everyone definitely noticed. <laughs> Except my husband, thank God. Um, but uh, it was actually, you know, I gotta give it to myself because it was our baby's birthday that I yep. accidentally. So it was a significant date. It wasn't a random <laughs> date in December. <laughs> it was Ned's birthday. But I was like, fucking hell. God damn it. I'm a copy editor. <laughs> so Look, like, should I should I scratch should I like like in Sharpie, like just cross it <laughs> like, as a joke and write the correct date, or should I just leave it? Maybe it could be like a record of not just 2018, but like 2021 and where you were at emotionally, <laughs> physically, spiritually. Yeah. A little footnote from the author. <laughs> Please forgive future children and grandchildren who are going to forget. I'm getting confused. Um, but anyway, <laughs> aside from that mistake, 
Pop Yeah, very, very easy. Minimalist templates. looks really good. It was so fast. The shipping was like super quick to get here. I really recommend it if you've been putting off photos in an album, like any occasion. It doesn't have to be a wedding. It could be your trip to interstate, which has <laughs> happened to us in a while. <laughs> I really recommend getting someone to proofread it. That's all <laughs> I ask. So yeah, that's papier.com slash au and you can make your own mistakes great um and bring joy at the same time great so what about you what have you been buying or doing and let me guess it's not a do because we never do those <laughs> look i'm just continuing in my general theme of horny chaos which is definitely going to be a new tagline of mine and i'm going to talk about some new lingerie that i bought yay so i don't know We've previously talked about the brand Lonely Lingerie on this uh, podcast. It was one of my favorite brands. Unfortunately, a few months ago, I read an expose about the owners and discovered they're apparently conspiracy theorists, anti-vaxxers, and possibly QAnon believers. So I could no longer shop at Lonely Lingerie, which is not the worst thing that's happened in my life, but my boobs were sad. They enjoyed those bras. It really affected their brand. Like, it must have, right? I mean, it's QAnon. I can't. I can't give them money. <laughs> I just can't support that. that for beautiful lace. <laughs> I know. So I then began conducting an informal consumer research investigation. Just I take my job as a free podcast host very seriously, guys. Um, and I needed to uncover my new, like, I wanted special but comfy enough to wear everyday underwear brand. Am I the only person who is still wearing underwire since this pandemic began? Very possibly. Yes. Uh, yeah. I can't, I can't lie. I like it. I like the support. So I'm just reporting about my findings. So I thought I'd found success with this Australian brand called Saturday the Label. Really cute sets. Really enjoys the stuff I've bought from them. But they do that really annoying thing with sizing where their bras are just like size one, size two, size three, which I don't understand. Like what's wrong with the band and the cup? Like I'm not a size one. I'm a 10C. Like please just if someone figured this out for you, why are you making this difficult? <laughs> so I can't recommend it even though I've enjoyed the brands like I like it maybe it'll work for you but the sizing's weird so it's a very long preamble to say that after much research I have found the brand I think it's the one I think it's my new love it is this wonderful sorbet colored delightful brand it's English and it's called Dora Larson they've been around for about five years and they've got certain sustainability chops I haven't read into it too detailed but I think they do really limited runs um, they try to like sell out completely rather than like over manufacturing and they have this really gorgeous range of what they call clean tulle bras so it's my personal favorite style is that it's underwire but it's a soft cup so it doesn't have like padding in it the one I bought is in the colorway abbey which is this really beautiful like pale candy pink tulle with bright kind of sunshine yellow trim and straps um, I actually then found out one of my friends had bought the exact same style independently when we were both wearing it at the same event um, we were both obviously targeted by the same Instagram algorithm but they also have like all these really other beautiful colors which they really remind me of the Marie Antoinette film by Sofia Coppola mm -hmm. that kind of like soft but bright rich colors so there's like a rose and fuchsia set and a teal and blush and it's just it's all really lovely they've got other stylish styles as well with lace and like high-waisted underwear um, and they go up to an e-cup which isn't the most inclusive sizing but is better than some brands do and so I've been wearing I'm actually 
like literally wearing it right now. It's really comfortable. It's really cute. Yeah. And because the tulle is see-through, it's also sexy, like unexpectedly sexy um, without being like over the top. So, and they're actually a little bit cheaper than Lonely. So it's a win and you're not supporting conspiracy theorists, which is just, you know, always good in today's day. Oh, oh. I'll aim for where we can. Oh, a day to look forward to, truly. Yeah. Sorbet underwear only. It's the only thing allowed. Alright. Okay. What time is it? It oh is. My oh my god. Last five of, of season, season five. Last five. five. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I'm excited. <laughs> okay. Oh god. You go first. Um, well, speaking of lingerie, I'm back with another weird sex thing. Amazing. It's Thank god. <laughs> not actually weird, it's actually awesome. So, you know, back in high school, I don't know if you did this, but everyone I know did this when you probably read like the Bronze Horseman just to read the sex scenes in the forest, on the log. I haven't read that book, but I believe you. (laughs) Haven't read it? No, I missed that boat. I was reading (laughs) The Flowers in the Attic, which was much more disturbing and weird. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, if you, like me, read those scenes, this website is kind of genius. It's called The Good Bits, Mm -hmm. and it's exactly that. It's just the sex scenes from books written by women from the Australian literary world published with permission on this website. Amazing. No faffing about with, like, plot. It's just really out of context. (laughs) Sexy writing. No one has time for plot anymore. Sophie, there's no time for plot. Fuck plot. There's no time for plot. It's straight to the point. It's so funny. I don't even know how I stumbled across it, but it's hilarious and kind of great. And I just wanted to share their manifesto of what makes a great sexy story because I feel like Mm -hmm. it's very correct. Nothing icky is number one. So no incest. Oh, it's weird that we had to write that down, but that's a thing. No uh, you obviously haven't read Flowers in the Attic. <laughs> no underage and no animals. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. Uh, makes sense. <laughs> Number two is consent. Whether implicit or explicit, consent is a must, which mm-hmm. uh, yes, definitely agree with that. Imagination. So the best sexy stories have to leave something for your imagination. Sometimes what authors choose not to say is as important as what they do say, which yes, I think is very, hundred percent, very good point. Clarity. So no complex, badly articulated logistics. We don't want any of that. We want it clear and sexy. <laughs> yeah. Well, because when you don't, when you're sitting there, hang on a second. His arms where? What did he do? How did he flip her? <laughs> you just Was you get she on her back or I don't understand. Has she got 75 vertebrae? <laughs> <laughs> Number five is word choice, obviously. Obviously. Um, we don't want to feel weird or like grossed out by any like weird like pseudonyms for like penises. Um, <laughs> and then just talkative. So it should just be, you know, as intense, playful, fun or funny as real sex can be. Yeah. Um they also have a podcast, which I have not listened to, but I saw on the website, and they link to a whole bunch of great resources and courses like OMG Yes and other great sites to like help you on your explorative journey, everyone. Right. So get onto it. It's called The Good Bits. It's Australian, which is cool. So the second thing on my Fast Five is so great. It's called Have You Eaten? And it's an app. It's so cool. It's an app designed by the Sydney food writer Nick Jordan who oh, yeah. um, used to write a lot for Broadsheet and around town and developer Louis Lepper 
and it maps Sydney restaurants, delis and cafes and a few bakeries that are significant to like different community groups in Sydney. Mm-hmm. So you can type in, it's like very basic in terms of its design, but it's like does all that it needs to do really. You can search for like Timorese or Turkish or Roman food within the app or like Northern Thai and it'll spit out a few, like not a billion, like only a handful of really great important authentic places to go oh my God, that's so it good it's so fun the best bit is the random cuisine button so you like hit it and it'll bring up like szechuan or like burmese or something like oh my that. god and so you good can just pull up all the yum stuff that you can find in that cuisine in sydney very mm-hmm. awesome it's free you can support them on patreon which i think would be a great idea but you can download it in the app store it's called have you eaten very cool the next one is a really great new floral brand or fine art floral studio as they call themselves mm-hmm. called acid flowers and that's f l w r s vowels not necessary <laughs> way too cool for vowels in this neck of the woods they're located in sydney and it's started by a great stylist called claire muller and a graffiti artist called rj williams mm-hmm. and some people are gonna hate this like definitely but some people are also gonna love it because i feel it's in that whole vibe of 2021 like very neon trashy a little bit but also very yes cool. the early 2000s are back <laughs> Yeah, so it's like hypercolor, watercolor, trippy, psychedelic thing where they essentially dye white orchids all these crazy different colors. Kind of looks like oil spill, but pastels mm. and fluoros and stuff all um, blended with like pops of color and just like craziness on these beautiful, perfect orchids that dangle in that like very architectural, pretty way that orchids hang. Yep. Which is very cool. I think like they've they've also done a really great job with their marketing and their branding and the whole world of this brand has been very slick. They do limited edition drops, so you can't just like order one unless mm-hmm. you want a big custom shebang, which they do also do, but they do these limited edition drops every so often you have to sign up to their newsletter to get your hands on one. Mm, scarcity yeah. paradox. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Pretty cool. Very modern. Apparently the dye doesn't affect the lifespan of the orchid. Like I, I don't know too much about orchids, but I feel like they're pretty high maintenance. <laughs> that was my impression, yes. <laughs> but apparently these last for two weeks, so that's pretty good. And yeah, well times in the flower world. <laughs> oh, yes. Acid flowers, no, no O's in flowers. The penultimate item in my fast five today is, I think I've mentioned this before super briefly, but I wanted to mention it again because it's just gone up another level, is Inku's in-house brand Inku Collection. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. It's really simple but interesting and really topical in terms of like trends, but just that don't seem too trendy. Like they all seem kind of timeless really beautiful linens and wools and um silhouettes it's just freaking awesome and the price point is great like you're not paying huge amounts of money for these clothes like it's pretty affordable like it's not super cheap but it's like mid-range yeah it's freaking awesome definitely check it out the other really good thing secret is their outlet store in rosary which is so good it's kind of new i think it only opened not last year the year before Mm -hmm. um but it's a beautiful shop. It doesn't feel like an outlet. And it has all the stuff 
that you're already buying into, obviously, like Gany, Alexander Wang, um, all great shoes and bags and all their accessory lines, super cheap. Amazing. And yeah, I bought a really awesome jacket the other day and suggest you all peruse. <laughs> and the final thing on my list, okay, this is very random and it's not really a recommendation, it's more of a discussion point and something okay. I've noticed. Hit me. Okay, I feel like, you know when people call other people lovely? <laughs> like... <laughs> As a just, oh, okay, yeah, not as a descriptor, like as a, instead of dear or babe. Yeah, yeah. They're like group people as like, hey, lovely, maybe you should try this. Or like, I just feel like people calling other people lovely, like addressing them as lovely sounds a bit passive aggressive. You know, know why? I got defensive when you first told me this because I definitely do it. And then you sent me an Instagram post where someone had done it. And in writing, I could hear the tone of voice in my head. And I was like, oh, yeah, that is passive aggressive. Yeah, I was trying to think about why. And the, the context of what I sent you was like I was following some someone, like a consultant on, on Instagram. And she has like a Q&A feature people writing questions um and she answers them and if you know someone writes in a kind of complex thing that she can't really answer she's like maybe you should book an appointment lovely yeah <laughs> you know oh oh lovely yeah yeah you should oh, book in oh, lovely. hey lovely oh <laughs> maybe you should pay for that service lovely it's like it's like trying to soften the glow of like telling someone to fuck off by calling them something really sweet <laughs> yes and so it's, it's gross. toxic femininity is what it is yeah. you don't think that person's lovely you think they're annoying <laughs> why? why own it just say that instead or like just be friendly be like hey i think this would be better addressed in an appointment give me a call like you, don't need to, you just don't need to soften it maybe it's been like crazy aries like direct to the point don't fluff around but I can't handle it I'm like I'm here and I'm like Ugh. I will never call you lovely again but I definitely do it and now I'm gonna have to rethink every interaction yeah. I have with yeah. anyone you can say Sophie you look lovely today okay okay <laughs> I'll keep that in mind lovely actually I booked that meeting room I really think people's opinion on this I'm with you anyway that concludes my fast five and your manifesto <laughs> What is your password? All right. Okay. So along with my rampage, I've also been having a bit of a personal style slash wardrobe crisis, which I think everyone is. I think I'm just every woman right now. Don't want to cook, hate all my clothes. So I feel particularly, I'm about to turn 33 when this episode launches. My birthday is the day after. Feel free to send me nice messages. Um, And I need to start dressing like an adult. I feel like last year I spent the entire time in like Levi's and jumpers and I just started to feel like I was dressed like your local friendly teenage babysitter, you know, <laughs> like that was my energy, like a golden retriever in human form. I mean, and no one is judging anyone on how they dressed last year. I know, but I was judging me, you know, I just, I just don't feel like that is the image I want to be projecting at this stage of my life. 
So we need I, something to match the horny chaos. I don't know if anything can quite match that, to be fair. But I've been trying to figure out what I want to aim for instead. And so some friends and I have been discussing the usefulness of picking a particular person or like a couple of people that you can use as kind of like your style icon or north star to head towards. Mm-hmm. And you just like work towards your vision of their ideal wardrobe. It doesn't make you a bit derivative, possibly, but I found it very helpful. My current inspiration is Lauren Hutton at all ages really she looks so fucking good now in her 70s like she's such a babe but particularly Lauren Hutton in the 70s through to the 90s like think like going to Studio 54 in a pair of amazing trousers and a little silk blouse and a really great blazer jumpsuits mini skirts slinky lurex two-piece sets like clothes that you can simultaneously stride in and dance in that is the two modes I have for 2021. So I've got like, yeah, right. Striding and dancing. That's all I need. I've got an entire Instagram save folder with photos of her. And so my method right now is I just like funnel all my wardrobe purchases through the, what would Lauren Hutton do decision flowchart. Um, and it makes everything a lot easier. It really cuts a lot of shit out and it makes me buy things I wouldn't normally buy necessarily, but that I really like because they kind of work with the other stuff I've got. It's been very helpful. So just pick a style icon. One of my friends, we recommended he go for 90s Leo and his, like, wolf pack of, like, delinquents. It's really working for him. It really suits him. It's just, you know. Choose one for me. I feel like Chloe Savini. Oh, okay. Hot mom. She just had a kid. You guys, you look great. Hot mom. All right. Yeah. But edgy, like, with a personality. Okay. So that's who I think for you, just off the top of my head. I've been thinking about this. Yeah, I know. I have a lot of time on my hands, guys. Have I mentioned I'm single? Okay, number two. Um, It is, I write a to-do list every day by hand. I've been using just like boring ring-bound A5 line notebooks to do this since I started working over a decade ago. Jesus Christ. Uh, But I recently upgraded my notebook game and it has been one of those like small things that has made a really big impact on my daily life can't actually figure out why but it's just really satisfying so it is a japanese notebook the brand is called it's a stalogy s-t-a-l-o-g-y and it's called the 365 editor diary it's about an a5 size notebook it's got a soft flexible cover in this it's kind of this shiny heavy cardboard but Almost looks faux leather, but like in a tasteful way. But critically, it has grid paper, which is the superior paper choice for notebooks. It gives you some structure, but you can also freeform it. The paperweight is really perfect. Like you can use a felt tip pen on it. It's not going to bleed all the way through. And the spine, it's not a ring bound. It's like a book binding, but the spine is flexible enough that you can actually unfold the book flat. And it's just really satisfying to use. And it's a really nice object. The Japanese are just the best at stationery in the entire world. Agreed. I picked this up online at a shop called Nitto, N-I-T-T-O. It was about $37, so it's not the cheapest, but I use it every single day. It's really satisfying. It makes my life better. And it's just a pleasure, really. One of those really nice things to have. So if you're looking for a journal or a diary, whatever you need, grab that. Okay, so that was number two. Number three is I have a movie recommendation. It's called Crossing Delancey. It is 
a delightful, very under the radar rom-com from 1988. So if you like Nora Ephron, you like When Harry Met Sally, you will love Crossing Delancey. So it was just like the perfect movie for this gloomy Sunday night when Daylight Savings had ended, when I was just feeling sad and a bit out of sorts. I rented it from iTunes. It's not on any streaming platforms, at least that I could find in Australia. And I just couldn't spend another night endlessly scrolling when I knew that I wanted to watch this one. And I came across it, I found out about it in an article. I think it was actually the obituary of the filmmaker, a woman named Joan Micklin Silva, who passed away at the end of last year. So the premise is pretty simple. Uh, It is a rom-com. The film follows Isabel, who is a 30-something Jewish woman who lives on the Upper West Side of New York. And she works in like a very highbrow bookstore, the kind that runs like cultural events and readings. But her grandmother lives on the Lower East Side in like the very traditional Jewish neighborhood. And she's very close with her. And her grandmother has decided it's time for her to settle down and get married. And so hires the local Jewish matchmaker to find a husband for her. So the grandmother and the matchmaker set her up with this really lovely man, Sam, who is the pickle guy. He's a nice Jewish man who runs a pickle store on the Lower East Side. And the premise like goes from there. Like she doesn't want to be set up. He's keen. She like judges him for his job. It's very like kind of like, you know, wrong side of the tracks, like, you know, opposites attract. But it's just like really sweet and quite naturalistic. It is wild to see how different the late 80s were. Like Guy literally has open barrels of pickles in the street and he serves them into containers with his bare hands, like which just seems like it's from 60 years ago, not 33 years ago. And yet there's also all these moments that are just so recognizable. Like she has these scenes with some of her girlfriends, like she goes to the gym with one and they're just like are running laps and like gossiping about the people they're dating or there's like a scene where they've just been to one of their friends babies um bris is so like the jewish ceremony and they like escape afterwards because it was like super intense with like family and just like it's so recognizable like really amazingly accurate to what it's like to be a woman in your 30s with really close girlfriends and i just loved it and i just think if you're looking for a a classic rom-com that you might not have seen that's a really great one so crossing delancey you can find it on youtube on itunes Number four is the Charney Nichols astrology app. I know astrology is dumb, but it is my favorite dumb thing. My theory is you all get, we all get to pick what scam we're going to believe in. And this is mine. (laughs) This is my scam. (laughs) Some people believe a moisturizer will change their face. I believe the stars tell me what to do with my life. Um, So Charney Nichols is like a really well-known astrologer. She actually released a book last year, which I also own, but she's just recently released an app. It is less aggressive than my problematic fave CoStar. The app, it has a free version and a paid version. I haven't sprung for the paid version because it's like one of those like slightly too expensive ones where you're like, 15 American dollars. I don't think I could justify it. Mm. Um, but there's a free weekly horoscope and she puts out a weekly podcast about like what's happening in the sky, which is very soothing to listen to. I kind of fall asleep to it, but in a good way. And the notifications are way less passive aggressive than the daily <laughs> troll that I still get from CoStar because I have not switched it off yet because I am a glutton for punishment. So that is the Chani Nichols app. I believe it's only iOS at the moment, but Android should hopefully be coming soon. If you just need another dumb fun thing i recommend it and then my final recommendation is a new body oil so i have broken up with smelling like a rich hippie it's no longer what i want yeah much like earth-toned linens that time has passed 
I don't want to smell natural anymore. So one of my friends, Cherie, smells better than anyone I know, and she got me into this newest obsession. It's a French body oil by the brand Nukes. I'm going to butcher Nukes. I'm going to butcher the name. It's like Huile Prodigieuse. I cannot speak French. I'm sorry, but it's a Nukes dry body oil. It smells like heaven. Like the best word I can think of it is intoxicating. You know, in cartoons where like someone's walking down the street with a pie and the like scent drifts and you watch cartoon characters like float following the scent of the pie. Like that is how I feel this scent makes people feel. Like they want to follow you down the street. Like what is that intoxicating smell? So the smell is officially orange blossom, magnolia, and vanilla. Um, I think the main note is that kind of orange blossom, like neroli scent, but it's got this really nice sort of roundness from the vanilla and it's not cloying or too sweet. It's just like really, it's just so good. It's such a good smell. So it is a body oil and it's really light and super moisturizing. It includes chameleon nut oil, which I love. So you can just slather yourself in it and put it in your hair if you want. Um, And then you're good to go. And it's light enough that if you did want to layer it with a perfume, you could. But it also just, it's like one of those smells like you don't really notice unless you're up close with someone. And it lingers really nicely on your clothes afterwards, which is nice. Like if you pick up a sweater that you've worn, like you can smell it, which is really lovely. Mm. Um, I got it online at frenchbeautyco.com.au. I bought the small bottle, which is $29 the big bottle is $43 I was a chump I should have bought the big bottle I'm now going to go and bulk buy the big bottle because that's all I want to smell like from now on so that is the Nux Huile Prodigieuse body oil I'm so sorry every French person who heard me say that and that's it that's my five now you smell like just rich and French yeah I just smell intoxicating Sophie that's what I want to smell like <laughs> delicious, delicious delicious that's it so we're back we are back baby. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be back too. So don't forget guys, head over to highlyenthused.substack.com so you can get signed up for our new newsletter treats. Who would want to miss them? You will get a bonus newsletter every month filled with cool stuff. And we also want to answer your questions. Yeah. So sticking to the theme, if you'd like to ask me anything about baby life, which you would like answered in the email. We're getting a little bit agony aunt up in here. Lovely. Truly my life goal. I have no advice to give on babies, but I will be enthusiastically applauding Sophie's advice. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously it's only going to be baby related for this one, one EDM and then you can answer the next one. Yeah, guys, tell um, me what you want me to give advice on. Yeah. So email us at highlyenthused at gmail.com and we'll include that for our new subscribers next month but don't worry all these links will be for free as always on our fortnightly friday newsletter and once again that's highlyenthused.substack.com all right that's it thanks for listening guys we missed you we're so glad to be back we missed you have a nice night lovelies oh (laughs) jesus christ (laughs) 